0: Hello. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm good.
1: I'm still waking up a little bit.
0: Yeah? Yeah, I had a crazy night. What happened? Like a bachelor, bachelor <gasps> party? I'm married, Dan. Oh. But you can go uh, to a bachelor party.
1: Nope, nope, nope. Only people who can go to bachelor parties are bachelors. <laughs> little known wildlife fact, uh, in order to go to a stag party, you have to be a stag. Oh. hmm It's called steering. Steering committee. Mm-hmm. Blue ribbon panel. Woo. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't it it would suck to be the stripper at a stag party? That'd be super weird. Um, all the guys are so horny. <laughs> uh, technically they're antlers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Get a full 12 pointer. <clears throat> mm. So my daughter was born eight years ago today. Oh and, wow. Happy uh, birthday. Okunamatata. She uh, but she gets she gets a, she gets a special thing. Uh, she gets, you know, suppressants and stuff. And uh, and but you know, she it's sort of like, I don't know. It's, it's like you're getting executed, you get to pick your last meal. She, she, gets, she gets to pick something crazy to eat today. And she chose uh, Lucky Charms. The cereal. So, yeah. Which no way in a million years is she allowed to have. And so <laughs> we got a giant, giant box of Lucky Charms that's been, it's been just it's been sitting there. It's like Chekhov's Lucky Charms. It just, it just sits there on top of the refrigerator. No, you can't have it. It's not your birthday yet. You can't have it. You can't have it before bedtime last night. The way it goes is you're allowed to open the nice present from grandma the night before. You can open one present in the morning. And then any remaining presents, uh, presents equaling N, you get to open after, after dinner. <sighs> so so uh, uh, at bedtime, there is a present on the kitchen table and there's a box of Lucky Charms. I'm having a very intense dream about military school at 3.17 a.m. And I hear this. Like like some kind of a very, very, very small rodent <laughs> is trying to do something not particularly important. And I think, hmm, that's strange. And I turn over and my wife is in the bed, as you do. And uh, I make my way uh, out into the kitchen and there's my daughter in her jammies unsuccessfully trying to open the Lucky Charms at 3.17 a.m. <laughs> and I wish I could show you the expression that she made just imagine her like, just kind of like, like standing there, standing erect and looking at me and kind of just making her shoulders go like this. "Hmm,
0: What? What? (laughs) I go, it's it's not weird that I'm here at three in the morning. What? What? And so I go, I go, uh, first of all, happy
1: birthday. And I give her a hug and a kiss and I'm so tired. I'm still thinking about military school. And, uh, and she goes, well, what? Mommy said, if I got up early, I could, I could have the lucky charms for breakfast. And I was like, that's true. But you know, getting up time is six. And, and, and it was 3, 3.18 now. <laughs> what? 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 So I opened the bag a little bit. And I said, you can have a handful of pre-lucky charms. And then my wife wakes up. She comes out. She's wondering what's going on. Did you start birthday without me? And then, you know, at this point, she's up. Is it okay if I read for a while? Yes, of course. It's always okay for you to read. And, uh, and so I didn't sleep all that well. But it, was, it was fun. It was fun. And then she got a, she gets, got a Calico Critters uh, treehouse she's pretty excited about. Oh, that sounds like a nice gift. The calico critters are very cute. They're fairly inert, but uh, they're somewhere on the continuum between a Lego and a Playmobil. It's a, it's a pretty
0: well-made toy product. Are they the they're, ones that are like little sort of sweet uh, garden animals that have fur, like fur yeah, on the plastic mold? That's them. Mold? You, you, buy,
1: you buy them in pairs. Yeah. Like uh, USB drives. <laughs> and she's, uh, she, she loves them. They're really cute. Um, and they like to ride a slide. Uh, off so? the I guess I'm not really, I'm still thinking about military school. I had to get up 317. No, but I'm doing, I'm doing great. I had, uh, I had some breakfast sausage and a cup and a half of coffee. So I think I'm going to be all right. All right. Good. Yeah. I discovered these breakfast sausages,
0: these uh, frozen breakfast sausages. That Which really brand? Good. What's the one you like? Oh, it's apple, apple, Applewood. apple, applewood. Yeah. We've applewood. been eating those for, for years and years. Really good. Is it okay that I'm having them now? I mean, I can't have them anymore, obviously, but yeah, well, I mean, it's Why good. can't you have them anymore? Well, now you're having them. Oh. Um, is that like when you go out to eat, you don't want to order the same thing? <laughs> right. Now I know you're going to have them. I can't have
1: them. I will have a California burger too. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: you're not supposed to eat beef anymore. Do you see that? Uh, no more pork, no more bacon. Well, what they said was processed meats, but don't get me started on on the way that the WHO... <laughs> phrases there ratings of things it's i, I really want I, I want you to
1: always feel confident in our
0: relationship i can just i can assure you that i will not get you started
1: <laughs> the who those guys really yeah oh, like witch hunting organization
0: <laughs>
1: <clears throat> i had 10 sausages and some coffee
0: 10 no i had 2 cuz uh, i don't want to <laughs> die of cancer in my butt <laughs> Yeah. I mean 10 seems like a like a lot. To whom? I guess anyone but maybe Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster, he's not sausage monster. Well, but he eats other things if you watch. I don't think the show would have been as successful if they had a, a Sa- blue maniacal
1: A maniacal blue puppet named Sausage Monster.
0: <laughs> it's all it would have been a whole different feel of the nom, show. Nom, 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 <laughs> not the G rating they were going for.
1: Hey, can I go see Sausage Monster? Let me come with you. He seems nice. He spends a lot of time by himself. Right. Loves the kids. Do you think he and Grover are related? I always thought they were all sort of related. Somebody brought it up recently. Like they were really clever. Oh my gosh, did you ever, did you ever known us Grover? I'm like, oh, that's all I ever thought. I always just assumed that they were, I want to say stepbrothers. They're brothers of, uh, of another father or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> Why would yeah, they you? Never why would you into have,
0: the origin story of Cookie Monster or Grover? You know, if Marvel, if Marvel did Sesame <laughs> Street, I think it would go a little something like this.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Dan. You want to start over? No.
0: Okay. Oh gosh, big week. Oh yeah, big one. Huge Apple TV. Were... Oh yeah, that's right. Now this time I can I can say definitively that I did pre-order mine. I did. It's uh, it'll arrive.
1: Uh, it hasn't shipped yet, but it'll arrive. It'll be good. I think it'll be good. I got a good feeling. Did you get the big one or the little one? I got the big one. Me too. I don't know why. I don't care why.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's 50 bucks <laughs> I know. and
1: it might be useful later. So I don't, you know, God bless you for your think piece, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't know a lot about Apple, but they don't usually offer a nicer model for no reason. I think sometimes they offer a less nice model for a reason, but uh, sometimes usually when they have a nicer model they usually have their reasons.
0: Right, and we may not know what the reasons are, but I was definitely in that category thinking that there is a reason why they would offer a 32 and a 64 gig version and whatever it is that's going to be stored there, I want to I want to store a lot of it. Whatever that it turns out to be, I want all of it. Yeah,
1: and I mean, it's not like I guess there are, are instances, especially with the desktop models, I guess, where, like, you, you know, depending on what you do, buying the faster processor may not make a big difference. You know, I've got a surpassing amount of RAM that I'll never even use because I spent so many years not having enough RAM. Uh, but, you know, it's there. And this is, you know, this is my thing. And I, if, if this is going to be the device that I, hopefully becomes my primary device again, uh, you know, I don't think that's a, a lot of money to spend. I don't understand people's. I don't, I don't mean to sound fancy, but I don't understand the way some people think about money, like all the way down to like what they're willing to pay for an app. Like I, I know it's, it's become very au courant to have this concern allowed, but it's, I don't know, it's very odd. I, I, I think maybe other people spend money very differently than I do. How I do mean, you mean? Like, like uh, what do you think? Well, thinking? I mean, like, for example, like, uh, I, I, just personally, I would never spend, I mean, to me, money spent on cars. Personally, for me, mm-hmm. email Dan. Uh, like, why would uh, that's not for me? Like, you know, so the, the money that's not spent on cars, you know, th- we do spend a lot of time watching stuff on TV. And uh, that experience, uh, for that experience to be enjoyable, it's nice to have that be something that's good. And I don't know, you think about what you paid for a VCR in like 1985. Mm. Seems like, you know, VCR finally settled down. By the time that I was buying my second or third VCR, they'd settled down to generally you can get an okay good VCR for two hundred dollars in like late 80s dollars. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right and you know you would use that, and you would still have to rewind and do all that stuff. I mean to me hundred ninety nine dollars for this thing that'll do all this stuff it's like that's oh, that's okay. I think if you put that up against whatever they charged for the original one that was basically an underpowered dingus for letting you buy stuff <laughs> that's you know and I don't know. I, don't know. I, 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 actually, I honestly don't feel the need to to defend it, but I uh, I don't know. I guess I don't, I'm not like, I don't know. I'm not hung up on that stuff. There are other, I don't know. I don't I, know. I, it seems strange to be defensive about it, but um, people seem so like, oh, here's the seven reasons that you don't need to do anything. It's like, oh, good point. Oh, I'll never understand people, Dan. You said on the internet yesterday that you had a lot to talk about today.
0: Well, it's one topic in particular, but I have a lot, to say and I have a lot of questions about the particular topic if you're game for it. I know you I'm know game words. for it. I don't yeah. think
1: we have anything too much follow-up. I would like to point out to our listeners who wouldn't know otherwise, uh, the giant amount of
0: email from douchebags we were getting uh, has now increased yet again. <laughs> yep. So thanks whoever's adding us to that. You know what I do now? I, I reply. There's a, there is an email address. I think this is a benefit to the listeners. You probably know about this kind of thing but uh there is an a, a a governmental body that has to do with spam i don't know what they do but i i in my fury about a week ago of getting just so many unsolicited emails so many of which have either no unsubscribe link come to you under the guise of being from a person when it's clear that they're not yeah uh, or An unsubscribe link that doesn't work. In my fury about this, I started reading uh, what what can be done about this. The answer probably is not really anything, but there is one place that's uce.gov. And apparently you can forward spam, I think, and and don't do this. Like, this is an exercise for listeners to investigate.
1: Unsolicited commercial email?
0: Right. Okay. I think that's what that stands for. And you can forward it to spam at. UCE.gov and I don't know what they do. I don't know if there's a list, I don't know what they do but it makes me feel when it seems like I have no options forwarding the email to that email address makes me feel like I've done something um, but it, yes, we have started to get a lot of these emails and I got one recently so what I do is when I get one I reply to it I type unsubscribe and then I forward it to the uh, to the to the uh, the UCE. Yeah, And I don't know if that is doing anything really or if there's like one guy at a, at the UCE who's like, now you're spamming me, Dan. Thanks. I don't know. But it's very, very frustrating. And it's so strange because you can see, like I got one the other day that was clearly a cut and paste. And you can always tell when it's a cut and paste because they've typed up the email in probably a different application. And then yeah. you can see the font changes. They, so paste if, it
1: in that, they paste it into Outlook and it's a different right. font
0: size and uh family. And it looks so clearly that it was a form letter where, that they typed my name into. Hey, Dan, love your podcast. And then paste. Well, a lot of times it's, I think we've joked about this before, but I think, I don't know if I'm using exactly the right term,
1: if this is a modern term still, but yeah, it's a bad mail merge. A lot of times they've just, yeah. they've, got, they've gotten, they've acquired a spreadsheet or you know some CSV from somewhere with a bunch of like, you know here's a bunch of rubes that you can you know have your douchebag uh, talk to. And some company will go out and, you know, and do that, you know I mean some early advice I remember hearing about spam. I mean, as you know, sometimes I will respond just because I'm feeling full of beans but but uh some early advice about spam that I heard that I think is still pretty smart advice is don't even respond.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: it's you know you're you're basically just confirming that A' you that your exist, right well well, a A that your email address works, and B that you respond to email, <laughs> which is better than nothing, mm-hmm. you know. Sometimes nothing's a pretty cool hand. Well, now, I, I hear you, but I mean, like I, I, I just, I, I doubt that the, the UCE uh, government office is a heavily staffed operation. that's going to track down, you know, PR farms.
0: They're working around the clock they're working in shifts. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think leads, that, <laughs> leads, leads, <laughs> but I, I mean, I think I, I feel like I'm doing something anyway. It, the one guy, finally, I got a reply. I got a reply when I wrote unsubscribe. And the, guy, and the guy wrote back and said, Well, I was just interested. I'm like, No, you weren't. It was a pace. Like, it was clearly a pace. Anyway, I feel, I
1: feel, yeah, I know, and I, I, I feel very much the way that you do. I'm just trying to maybe approach it a little differently. It, it, it's that it's a, such a fundamental difference in just how you think about stuff, you know? And I've been in positions where I've done various kinds of sales. It's really not. Not not good for me. Not good for my personality. Not good for my whatever values. Whatever. It's just no, I don't feel good doing. Like I'm not a good salesperson. I'm maybe just because I'm riddled with self doubt and don't like people. I think that's probably enough to disqualify me from being a good salesperson. <laughs> but um, I. Um, the thing is, though, if you I think about the days again when I was a telemarketer, um, I was a senior in high school. I was a telemarketer for just a few months, and I was terrible at it. And I was really mean. I was just a jerk. I was, I and but you become like somebody in Glengarry, Glen Ross. You stop seeing these as people. You start seeing these as somebody who can either somebody who's either going to help you do your work or get in your way. Right. And I I mean, I think it's it's almost like a uh, what's the what's the one? Not like a Stanford Prison Experiment. I don't know. It's sort of like this kind of thing though, where like you find yourself. Uh, mentally adjusting the way you think about other human beings because of the kind of work that you do right you know be careful what kind of work you go into and make sure that it helps you see people the way you'd like to see them and uh, and so in that case like i was i was just i would basically then if somebody was if somebody was like don't call me again i would start prank calling them because i was awful i was 17 <laughs> like that's that's the kind of thing that, that you would do so i i don't i guess i want to say i have some something like sympathy for these people just because they don't see it the way that
0: we you. Well you almost like I would imagine if to be even just passably effective at doing that you would have to build that wall. Do you know what I mean oh, of, of oh, not yeah. seeing almost like them do- as human way, beings.
1: Well or like in just in another more big-hearted way the way uh, to be a good physician uh, you can't have to you you get to have to get to where every illness and death is not treated the same way you would treat your child's illness and death. Right if you're going to be a pediatric oncologist, you're going to have to develop a pretty thick skin or you can't even be effective at your job. And I mean, you know, it's, you think about somebody who's an attorney or you think about somebody in this case, who's a PR person, their job is to advocate actively for their client. And they, they, a good salesperson believes in the thing that they're selling and just thinks it's a matter of making sure you understand that for them to be effective, they feel like you just need to understand, you know, but then on the other hand, let me just now speak actually as myself, uh, If those people had really good products, I already would have heard about it. And setting aside the fact that we don't have random guests on the show, whatever, that's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. that's maybe we think we're fancy that people should know what our show is about when they write us. I personally, I would think that's probably a good idea. But, you know, um, I don't want to say, I mean, awesomeness is the best marketing. If you're a marketing person, please don't retweet that. Um, but it's true. I mean, everybody likes to say that and go, like, oh, well, that's why we have the awesomeest clients in the world. It's like, okay, uh, fine. But like that need to paper the waterfront and, you know, get your name out 13 times so somebody remembers it. Like I understand the need for that, but, you know, they can be a little bit tone deaf about like how annoying it is, but also how really ineffective it is at reaching anybody who has any sensibility, you know? It's 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 almost like the way ads. I don't know. I don't know if you could say ads are like this right now, but it's the way the ads ads got at a certain point. Whereas robots creating ads for robots to read. Like you know, you probably saw that article was going around a month or two ago about click fraud.
0: Did you see that thing was going around? Um, remind me, I might have.
1: Um, I can't. It's in my Insta paper somewhere, but it was a really interesting article uh, that is basically about the the. the Ridiculous amount of click fraud that's going on on the internet, and the ways that you can, either through people or through various kinds of robots, can automate and anonymize click fraud, um, I guess for things like Adsense but or AdWords, but you know for various other kinds of services too. But I mean, what a depressing view of the future. like at least at least in the Terminator. You know the robots are fighting each other in an interesting way. (laughs) The idea of getting to a place where you've got an algorithm for deciding what ads to automatically buy that get presented to robots that are programmed to click on them is like that's that's such a chilling vision to me of of like how we could choose to use technology. But I don't know. It's funny because like now, of course, the ironic part is now we're yelling at our audience who are not the people that are doing this. But you know, I don't know. I've met some people who are very effective at marketing. And public relations and publicity, which I think are similar kinds of things. And the ones who are best at it um, forge legitimate human relationships with people. And in the case of some of our, our sponsors and friends, they've gotten really good at saying, like, hey, you're somebody who people listen to and you like our product. Like, that's a relationship that's good to have. Like, one relation like that seems like it's worth you know 10,000 of those, those faceless people you know, who you're just like lobbing emails at. Yeah. This is a very old point, but it, you know, it does get frustrating. And for me, it's just like a lot of like what mood I'm in. Like to wake up, you know, I rem- think about how spam was circa, I'm going to say two thousand two, two thousand three, where you just wake up in the morning and you just have to go look at a bunch of spam. It's just there's something kind of dispiriting about waking up and finding this, you know, ejaculatory message from an anonymous PR person about an author I've never heard of that should be on our show because they're such a maverick. Anyway.
0: <laughs> that's basically every email we get. You know, I find that I notice these emails now because of uh, my my drastic action to archive all of my old email that now I have a pretty clear inbox and I've got a pretty clear view of what are the emails that I'm getting in a given day and how do I respond or handle those emails and I'm on top of it. Like I'm on top of it. And at In the way that now I go through the email, I do see all of these. Whereas before Mm -hmm. they kind of got lost, the spam kind of got lost with the good email because I was so far behind on all of it that it all is just sort of a blur. And now it's very glaringly like, well, okay, today I got, you know since I went to sleep, I got seven emails that were actually relevant to something I need to do. I got Two or three emails from friends telling me about something, and then I got these two emails that are clearly spam about people who want to. And it's always the same thing. Like this, this author wants to be on this show that they've clearly no familiarity with.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can turn this into a little bit of a back to work point. I think um, by reiterating a couple old points, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my uh, my catchphrase again. Stupid can't stick to me. Um, just just remember that you always have the option of not letting stupid stick to you. When something happens to you, when somebody treats you poorly, I realize this is a somewhat privileged position, but I'm going to stand by it. You always have the option of deciding how much you're going to engage with anything in the world. Whether it's something good, something bad, something indifferent. Like you can choose to get yourself worked into a lather about something. You can choose to do something about something. You you always, you know, it's you know Iron Giant, right? Like you get to decide this. And so, just remember that you don't, you, you don't have to be the self-appointed uh, police officer for everything that's wrong in the world, unless that's what you want to do. But remember, there's an opportunity cost associated with that, even if it's something as minimal as the amount of time you, you think deciding which windmill you're going to tilt at today. And so then secondly, if you're applying stupid can't stick to me to email, ask yourself, well, oh gosh, if I actually, if I did respond to that person, like, oh, okay, well then they were going to write back to me. Is that a conversation you want to start having Or now you're going to explain to this PR person why they're such a dimwit? Is that a good use of your time? Like, just remember, stupid can't stick to me and just like move on to the next thing. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying just to like close your eyes and not look at problems in the world, but pick your fights and remember that you have or you will have an increasingly small amount of energy to spend on optional things in life. So be, be picky about the options that you pick because that's who you are now. We could stop right there. That's yeah, we re- could. That's
0: really, that's really good.
1: Also, apparently there's a jackhammer outside. I don't know if you can hear it. No. Good. 87A.
0: <laughs> noise rejection.
1: Um, <clears throat> I, I don't really understand how it works, but I do notice there is a lot less noise with this one. So we have got, did you have anything else on that? No, I,
0: I, I want to, you know, that's, you said it.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember to remember things like that more. It makes, it makes life better if you remember to remember those things. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to forget. It's easy to, it's easy to, to start you know, having this little rabbit of emotion jump down a hole yeah. and you decide to fit your fat body down that hole because you're all mad. And it's like, I got to remember not to do that because it, it rarely turns out great. Lead with your, uh, with your brain. Now you're just a man in a hole. You right. lead with your brain? Yeah. That's good. You know, IBM, you know, uh, you know, remember what their motto was back in the day? Uh, a uh, computer on every desk. IBM's motto was a computer on every desk. <laughs> and that's why to this day, <laughs> no, it's a, <clears throat> in the time before it was uh, fashionable to have these kinds of mottos, IBM's
0: motto was think. And so- Think uh, different. With, that was their, uh, their whole thing. Think that's different. That's
1: pretty, pretty good. Think differently. They had like the Einstein- With whom and I. Uh, Alec Baldwin uh, and- uh, <clears throat> Matthew Baldwin? Who are you talking about? Alec Baldwin? Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Absolutely. You've got uh, Nicholas Pileggi. Uh, you've got. Uh, <sighs> Polly didn't move fast. I was just
0: watching a documentary right before you called. I was watching a documentary about Goodfellas. Oh, uh, I saw you tweet or link or Kung Fu grip that. No. Somewhere you put something up.
1: I don't. I might have. This is the thing I just discovered uh, this morning, I think. Um, what was my point about that? So anyway, what IBM would do, story goes that uh, IBM they had little uh, you know little like memo pads, like little books they would give to people. and uh, you know what they were called? Me- think. Uh, they're called think pads Think pads. That's, that that's
0: the name of and that's how the computer got its name. Come on. Look it up.
1: Think. My only amendment to that would be like, yeah, thinking's great, but how about this here's your motto, remember to think. I don't think we always remember to think. I think we forget that we have the ability at any time to choose to process what is happening in the world in, uh, now I'm, I'm under the spell of John Syracuse, in a rational way. Well, this if, is even the whole even in a, Even if you're irrational, like thinking irrationally is better than not thinking at all.
0: Well, it goes back to the old Buddhist uh, thing of of being able to react, choosing to react, and choosing how you react. And in order to do that, effectively, you need to slow everything down. And in order to slow everything down, you need to practice slowing things down. And the way to practice slowing things down is uh, meditation, right? So I remember the first time that I actually saw... The formation of an emotion and a reaction before it happened. And that was like a life-changing moment for me. This came after many, many months of meditation and focusing and thinking and all of that that, that you do when you have a practice like that and how I realized like, wow, all this uh, crap the Buddha's saying might actually make sense, like it might actually be true that we do have a choice to react or not to react. We do have a choice to behave a certain way or not. And that typically we're living so far from that decision-making point that slowing things down to the extent that we actually can see the formation of an emotion or the formation of even a pattern of thinking or the kind of thought we can actually catch that we can catch ourselves Not in the act of reacting, but before we react. What an amazing thing that is. And it's way harder, even though it sounds hard, it's way harder to do than that.
1: Yeah, but it falls into that that class of all those various kinds of things like, um, like, wow, uh, somehow I ended up doing a short workout today and having a healthy lunch. And it felt really good. Like it didn't. It didn't feel weird, and it wasn't hard. Like I had a an okay. Let's like let's say you do like a light jog or a long walk. Yeah. And then I had a not deadly lunch. And you go, <laughs> wow, that's a thing I did that wasn't that hard. Why don't I do that? Well, your first reaction if you're dingling is to go like, why don't I do that every day? But then, like you you know the uh, the more wise person will go like, why don't I do that like once a week? And like you don't do that because you don't do that. That's the reason you don't do that. Right. Otherwise, you'd do that. But you don't because you do other things. Oh man, so many great quotes. You are what you choose to be. You choose. Choose. I think Dean is the first one who says it. Look, it's none of my business, but who cares what those creeps think of you? They don't make you what you are. You do. You are who you choose to be. My goodness, what a
0: good movie. What is that, Karate Kid? Yep.
1: Um, Brad Bird was on, uh, was on um, uh, Sunny Young America, which has a different name now. Oh, what's it called? Bullseye. Jesse, Th- Jesse Thorne Show. Bullseye. Uh, yeah, Thorn on thorn my side. Uh, thorn on your side. Oh, that would be a great show if he was like a investigative reporter. Thorn on your side. <laughs> oh, that's gotta like be a the joke little, that's been made. The little yeah. puff
0: piece that they would do in the.
1: I'm down here at Ray's so-called car wash. <laughs> I'm Jesse Thorn. Thorn on your side. <laughs> oh, God, don't oh. let him. Hear. He
0: doesn't listen to this, does he?
1: My Jesse Thorne impersonation has never been good. <laughs> And it's just gotten worse and worse and worse over the years. Mm.
0: You are who you choose to be. Dan, did you want to tell me about something that you like? Well, speaking of choices, I'd like ah, to tell you about- I tell you. Let me tell you about uh, the choice you can make to optimize your business by checking out FreshBooks. Do you love the idea of being your own boss? I sure do. Do you hate the thought of all the paperwork? Yes. Are you still using spreadsheets to create invoices? I mean, this is what most people do. I was just reading a blog post from uh, of a uh, previous colleague of mine, Manon Reese, and he was talking about this release notes. Does he still
1: have that FireWire cable of yours?
0: Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't mine. It was promised to me. Oh, and it never got sent, huh? Never got sent. He never worked that out with you? Well, we haven't talked We haven't talked about it much. So there's no way to really know.
1: Yeah. That's a shame.
0: But I don't need the cable anymore. Okay. And he had a a nice blog post where he was sort of recapping this conference that he went to. And he mentioned that one of the talks, I guess, was all about like invoicing and getting paid for things and accounting. And he has recently gone independent and he's saying, oh my gosh, like I'm stressing out because I don't know. I don't know what I don't know when it comes to invoicing and (laughs) accounting and, you know, I almost want to stay in that state of mind. Like, I don't want to learn about accounting. I don't want to know how to invoice. I don't want to be good at invoicing. I want to just not have to worry about those things. And that's what FreshBooks is really, really good at. They make it so you don't need to master the art of accounting and invoicing. They just do it all for you. Everything from receipts for your business expenses Uh, Staying ahead of the game and keeping tabs on your business finances from anywhere—from your computer, from your mobile device, wherever, anywhere—that's what FreshBooks does. It's simple and intuitive, so they make accounting not intimidating, and you can take your business with you. You Yeah, an iPhone app. Can I tell you an anecdote? Oh yeah, go ahead. I I would be interrupting you. Uh, Thank
1: you, uh, a recent Booker. (laughs) Um, I uh, had cause and need to assist a friend with setting up a new thing. And this person is one of those one of those people who is averse to paying for stuff. And the person said, well, you know, I'm going to be sending out these invoices. Should I just use Word for that? Microsoft Word? You know, like, I'm pretty good with Microsoft Word. And I was like, you know, you could. If you send one or two invoices a month, that could be okay. And right. I said, but you should really check out this, this thing called FreshBooks. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's another thing I got to pay for. And I was like, yeah, it is, but... Bullet, 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 bullet. I mean, stuff like it's so easy to like, you know, copy an invoice and send it again for a different thing. You can. There's just so much to it. The ability to see whether they've even looked at the invoices. All this stuff. I said, but putting all that aside, let me just ask you ask you the basic question, like which is forgive my asking the obvious question, what is your time worth? Because like the amount of time that you spend, and nothing against Microsoft, they're a great company, but the amount of time that you put in. To doing that stuff in Word for absolutely zero payback in terms of like functionality, you're making this dumb document. Like FreshBooks just takes care of all that stuff for you, and uh, Bing Pow Boom, now that person is on FreshBooks and they never look back. And now all you know, it's one of those things. It's one of those. <laughs> once you start using it, you're like, I was such an ignoramus to not use this before. Yep. Like even if you send just a couple invoices a month, I think it's really worth it.
0: Totally agree, and it integrates. I got to mention with like Google Apps. Zendesk, Basecamp, MailChimp, wufoo all of these different systems, it ties in with them. And if you ever need help, you can just call them and they have human beings who answer the phone. So they have a special URL, freshbooks.com slash back to work, all spelled out, freshbooks.com slash back to work. Go there, check them out. And uh, when you do, there's a little section that says, how'd you hear about us? When you're signing up, just put in back to work and we will, we will receive credit for that, additional credit. Extra credit. Extra credit. Yeah. Extra credit. So thanks very much to FreshBooks for supporting the show.
1: Buck buck. Here's something that confuses me. I've got a <laughs> got Dan's concern
0: and yeah. Merlin's confusion. <laughs> here's, here's a thing that's made me disoriented. It, it, as I'm getting older, I find it difficult to understand. Why do we need so many different kinds of rubber bands?
1: <laughs> When's the last time somebody needed a third kind of rubber band? <laughs> Have you ever noticed that envelopes are shaped roughly? Have you ever noticed (laughs) envelopes are shaped largely like letters, but smaller? Why only four wheels on a car? Who's drinking water?
0: Yeah, I have a 32. The only way I drink water is if I, I, because I hate drinking water. Hmm. 32, I have this 32 ounce thing by Pogo. Pogo. And it's the only way that I'll drink water. And I drink these things. And uh, I hate every minute of it. I mean, mm. I'm thankful I have clean, pure water to drink, but ugh, water. I'm blessed. I,
1: water. I, I drink the crap out. I've only recently been like, realizing how much I spend on water, and it's something I need to think about. Um, so um, here's the thing. If I'm looking at a 72 DPI image in Acorn mm-hmm. on a Retina iMac, it looks really tiny. Is that just me or is that a thing? No, that's just, that's just your prescription. Oh, you're right. My prescription. You sound like an honorary Cincinnatian. <laughs> that's your prescription. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is a cool picture of Iron Giant. Oh, God, I love that movie. Anyway,
0: he was really good on Thorn on Your Side. I'll, I'll put that in, into the show notes. The show's called Bullseye. I still, if I still he doesn't know... run with that, I'll tell you what, he's missing out. I'm going to start a show called Thorn uh, <laughs> on Your Side. To, you know, show him, show him how it's done. He
1: makes a couple new podcasts a week. We could we could just that's nothing for him. that's a rounding error for oh, him. Yeah. Seriously, he gets he gets really good guests on there. He, uh, that runs locally on uh, KLW on Sundays here, <laughs> uh, four or five o'clock on Sundays, and I listen to it. And Brad Bird was on. Brad Bird sounds like a handful.
0: He's that's a big, he's, a big see,
1: in that in that he's
0: a large person or what? Oh
1: well, no, no, I don't want to be normative. <laughs> um, but no, he's he seems like he's got a pretty big personality.
0: Well, you'd have to. to- Carry that network or A director uh, like that you don't need all at
1: once <laughs> he is Pixar, huh he did uh huh <laughs> he did he did uh he did iron giant he did the incredibles did he do Ratatouille? was that him
0: i did yeah sure no no did he didn't do the, cars right he distanced himself as far as possible no no nobody did cars <laughs> no one <laughs> <Head> <laughs> it, happened, it just happened. It's like in the uh, movie like Twins. A, there's Arnold Schwarzenegger and there's Danny DeVito and Cars was sort of...
1: Yeah, yeah, right. Well, you, you know how you can go to a restaurant and get a really nice filet of chicken, beautifully prepared, and then you get chicken nuggets that are made out of the parts they couldn't make into regular food? <laughs> yeah. That's Cars. Uh, the second one was... Mm. The, the first one, the, the, the thing is to really appreciate the first one, you need, you need to see the second one. <laughs> it's like it's right. like all of a sudden you know you, you're mad because your bathwater's too hot until you've literally been scalded by <laughs> boiling water and you go you know that bath <laughs> doesn't seem so bad right I could tolerate the pain no the it's it's the pain's not the hard part it's the animation um, but no it's uh, everybody's a car and uh, the 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 headlights aren't the eyes the eyes are on the windshield the windshield but there's no one as far as we know now do you think anyone's driving those cars no one's driving the cars how are the cars getting
0: around. on on, just driving. They drive. So is that, is that a pocket universe? How does that work? Well, it doesn't make any sense. There's so many problems I have with this.
1: So many problems.
0: Because so many of the things that we have in our world are designed around human beings. Yeah. That why would those things exist in the world of just cars? Forgetting for a moment that also cars, but why would we have fire hydrants? What's, I don't understand the movie and my kids don't like it.
1: Um, my daughter really liked it. Um, Cars 2 is not the tightest script. Cars, Cars 1, you know, it's, you know, you know what's really good is The Iron Giant by Brad Bird. It's a really good movie. He is Pixar. Superman. You know, a lot of people at Pixar would, would find that kind of an
0: offensive thing to say. Like the people it's who considering work he there. Doesn't and- actually, considering he doesn't actually work better. <laughs> I didn't know. I don't know what he does.
1: They bring in uh, they bring in the talent you know for a film, but a lot of the
0: heavy lifting is you know done by the uh, the rank and or file. I thought it was just computers. Like they type they type a character, they draw a character. So they, here's my understanding of Pixar. Yes, they bring someone in to sketch something out. Yeah, and then they talk about how many computers it takes to render it, and then they they have a movie with a soundtrack.
1: I think you're pretty close. They have uh, it's a package you can get called Image Magic. You install Image Magic, and then you run from the bash line. You say uh, make movie. Uh, MK movie and that's on an SGI, right? That's an SGI or, or a Sun GI, and right. that create that creates a new folder. And then you say MV, you want to move, you know, in this case, Iron Giant,
0: and you have to escape your uh, your parentheses right. for obvious reasons. I mean, I know they have like a, a team, like eight or nine folks doing other things that I don't I don't know well, about. I so mean, my, movies, my apologies.
1: No, 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 no. I don't think it's bad. I mean, the thing is, I mean, how long could it take to do the movie's like an
0: hour and a half long? I mean. What double what? it? Double it.
1: You, you spend what? Well, it takes like what, what a week, like a week. How long could it possibly take to make something that's an hour and a half long?
0: Well, listen, I don't know how fast your Wi Fi is, but copying the file would. I'll take... want talk about my wife sometime. <laughs> Did wait, wait, wait. Follow up. Important follow up. I got the watch working. Oh, on the I have, Wi-Fi. It, working,
1: I have it working on one network and not the other, right. and I don't know why. All right, Did but I followed iStumblers. I followed iStumbler. Thank you, iStumbler. Uh, that's an app I've used for years iStumble wrote to us on the internet. Did you see that? Yes. I stumbled. That was one of the first Wi-Fi sniffer things I ever had. Uh, and so I followed the advice. i officially renamed
0: the network. Right. So, okay, so wait, thought- wait, wait, wait. This is what we're talking about. If you want your Sorry. Apple Watch to work on Wi-Fi independently of your iPhone, in other words, if your iPhone is offline or perhaps you have turned Bluetooth off or it's in a different location or whatever... And you want to be able to do some things on your watch, such as send and receive messages or the little sketches or other notifications and things. You can make that happen because the watch has built-in Wi-Fi. People still don't know. When I ask them, if, if you go up to a, a person wearing an Apple Watch say, does your watch have Wi-Fi on it? Not, not talking about tethering to the phone and using that. Does it have Wi-Fi? They'll say no. They don't think it does. It does. And the way to make that work is… Over. Down.
1: Yeah, no telling. Oh, um, okay. So the, the 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 way that apparently works for most people is to make sure that you are connected to a 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi network. It can't be higher with your phone. It. With your phone and have your and basically so if, if you've already been on, if it is a five gigahertz or you delete that from your phone or from you know, forget that connection from your phone, log back into the 2.4 version. Um, and that seems to take care of it for most people. And my thing is, like, I I, I think mine I don't know if my my watch is automatically trying to connect to the five gigahertz version and it's throwing it off, but it works fine at the office. But it's not the office where I need it. It's at home that'll be useful.
0: But so um, what you need what what my and the advice that we received, and I read some more articles about this is that and I'm not I'm, I assume Android devices. And Max probably work the same, but certainly for iOS devices, they're apparently like the five gigahertz networks are faster. Clearly, but their range—it's different. Where the two point four has a better range, or something like that. And an iOS device will intelligently find if they're named the same thing. So instead of naming it like Home Network Fast and Home Network not fast, you name them both just home network, your iOS devices will dance between them as necessary based on things like signal strength or range or difference, things like that. If you connect your iPhone to the network, the network that has both the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz, it will see that and transmit that information to the watch. The watch will then be able to join the 2.4 gigahertz one. And I tested this extensively by renaming the networks and then turning my iPhone in airplane mode. Right, right, right. And with the iPhone in airplane mode, had someone send me a, an iMessage, and I received it on the watch instantly, really quick. Actually, I thought there might be some delay or something, but it showed up right there, and I was able to reply to them all with the phone in airplane mode and watching messages in airplane mode. Nothing there. Turned it off airplane mode. Boom. Caught up with the messages. So it it does work. You just have to baby. I'd love it a to bit. see.
1: That's that's it's super interesting. But like I I don't think Apple. Has made um, a big show of talking about this feature because I, I, you know, I, I haven't seen a lot of stuff where they're like, "Oh, and it also just works on Wi-Fi." Because it is—it's super confusing to explain. And I, I would personally, I'd love to see a list of the stuff that it can and can't do in different situations. Like, if you push a playlist to your watch, uh, you can, I guess, listen to music on your watch. Like, I've still never figured out like how you use AirPlay on your watch. That seems really weird. But, um, but you know, then there's other kinds of things. So my test of that was I put my uh, phone into airplane mode, and then just go to the apps and try to do something. like Look at the deliveries app or something like that, and boop, little red rectangle comes up. Yeah. You know that means it's not working. Um, I got a pretty good feeling that in su- in the next year or so, I would not be. I'll say this: I would not be surprised if that's something that became more transparent um, as a feature in uh, the next version in the next year or so. To 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 say like okay, overtly like hey, you know, here's the kind of stuff that you you know can do. Uh, on Wi-Fi? Because you can't do it all, right? No, I no, mean, I don't think you can. So like hypothetically, let's say you're in my, like in my case, you've got an office, you've got a house, you've got your, so your, everything's working fine in one place. You put it into airplane mode. You keep it in airplane mode. You go to another place where it has previously worked. Like, can you do stuff? Like obviously it's not going to transmit activity data because it can't get to your phone. Could you still do all that same stuff like texting on that network, even though your iPhone doesn't need to be reminded where you are? I'm guessing the f- the watch figures that out on its own. I think it does. It's just it's not exposed through like a UI. There's no way you can go in and like no. pick a Wi-Fi network or no, anything. No, 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 not on the watch. No. I don't know. I've never tested it out, but we shall see. Dan, uh, tell me about the stuff you want to talk about.
0: Well, I was well. I was in the car yesterday, and I had two passengers with me, and we were in our parking garage which is, even during the day, it's a little bit dark. So it's not easy to see, for example, if you're a passenger in the back, it would be tough to tell if the passenger in the front seat had put their seatbelt on or not. So the back passenger, we, we got in the car and I uh, you know, started the car and began to drive away. And the person in the back said, Dan, what, you don't wear a seatbelt? I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't wear a seatbelt. And she said, well, you, you don't have a seatbelt on." I said, yeah, I do. She says, well, you didn't, put it, you didn't put your seatbelt on. I said, yes, I did. And she's just buckling hers, still buckling hers. I said, yeah, it was on instantaneously. It's on right away. And she's like, well, oh, and, and then as we were driving down, she saw as the, in the light of day, literally, oh, you are wearing. You said, when did you put it on? She said, when did you put it on? I said, what are you talking? Put it on right, right away. I got in the car, put it on. Like, I don't know why you're taking so long to put it on. I have it optimized into, you know, two movements. And then I, something clicked. And then I realized I do this a lot, maybe too much, maybe it's a fault. And I would like for you to straighten me out on it if it is. But I find that for repetitive tasks or things that I do every day, it's sort of like, you know, how you open your mail over the, uh, the recycle container. It's, it's that kind of thing. I find I do this a lot and I do this in as many opportunities as I can, whenever there is a repetitive action or something that I do multiple times in a day or multiple days a week, I will try to come up with the most optimized, efficient way that I can then master that task and do it thoughtlessly. So Seatbelt would be a good example. I have it where I can, uh, I can open the door and get in. And then in one motion, as I'm sitting down, take the seatbelt, move it across, buckle it, and also put the iPhone into the little uh, cup holder thing in the, in the dash, you know, the center console part. And I do all of that in one motion. And then as I'm coming down doing that, I also have my right foot on the pedal and I'm hitting the button to start the car. So it's all happens in one motion. Mm. I mean, it's technically probably more than just one, but it's, you know, seatbelt coming across, hitting the button, thing going down, you know, all of that just happens. So that I'm never, there, there's zero chance that I will forget to do any one of those things or do any one of them out of order. It's, you know, foot goes down on the thing, finger hits the button, seatbelt clicks on the thing, uh, thing goes down on the thing, whatever. And if I'm, if I've eliminated that and made that an automatic movement, then I don't need to think about any of those things, right? Okay, I'm in the car. What do I do when I'm in the car? Right, is my seatbelt on? Sure, I put the seatbelt across it. No, I learned this from a person, a friend of mine, who used to be a UPS driver, and they talked about this is maybe 15 years ago. They talk about all of this in UPS that, that at least then, and I imagine still now, all of these movements were not only optimized, but they were taught, they were trained, and then you were tested on them and then retested periodically throughout your career at UPS as a driver. And I'm assuming that they had the same thing going on in the in you know in the loading docks or whatever. But you should be able to hop out of the UPS truck. And that is, you know, whatever it is that they need to do, put it into I, you know, put it into park, hit the light to make the light flash. Uh, unbuckle your seatbelt, step down, that that's like one fluid movement that should take 2.5 seconds. And they actually would like test you and time you on this stuff. And so I realized that, excuse me, that I do this uh, kind of unconsciously for a lot of different things. And I've talked on the show, I believe about how I backed into our driveway. I mean, into our garage door coming out of the driveway in the car, like an idiot. But that's because something in that, you know, the five-step process to go into like I'm walking out, I, I pick up my bag, I grab my keys, I open the garage, uh, the door to the garage, I hit the garage door thing to open the garage door, I see, verify that the garage door is going up and the light is doing it, I walk into the car, I sit down in the car, I do the thing with the seatbelt going down. But, but if something gets thrown off in that, like at the last minute, there's a child screaming for my attention or the garage door on the other side where my wife puts her car is open. And I th- see that unconsciously and say, Oh, the garage door is already open, even though it's the wrong one or something. You know what I mean? Like that one, and then I wind up backing into it. So I've had to adjust the routine to accommodate that. But like I do this in a way that I've never really thought about how often I'm doing it and how much I'm doing it. And I wonder, first of all, is this a common thing that everyone does is this a unique thing? And then is it, is it worth talking about the, the kind of optimizations that I do so that these things can be automatic? The whole point being, if I don't have to think about these things very much, then my mind is free to think about other things. Think about, you know, whether it's planning for something or thinking about a movie I just saw or whatever. Like I freed up those cycles in my brain so that I don't have to think, okay, I'm in the car. What do I do first? Do I put the phone down or do I buckle my seatbelt? Or is my seatbelt over? You know what I mean? Like it's an automatic thing. So is that a good or a, a bad practice? Hmm. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily bad.
1: I mean, I think, I, I, I'm trying to think. There, there's do you probably do a lot of
0: that? Do I do what? Have those kinds of things. Like you set something down in the same place, you hang your key in the, in the same place and it's all there and it's all... Maximize for efficiency. I think
1: we're maybe talking about a a couple different things. There's one kind of thing, like you you describe that as you pivot from like how you get in the car versus like how UPS trains people to get in the car. Uh, And I think, hmm, I mean, obviously, having an efficient way to do something that's not harmful and introduces things like security, dependability, like that. Those are all those are all good things. You know, uh, making the right thing the easy thing. Those those are good things. Uh, as far as like, what I do, I've learned over time that there are certain kinds of what, what could seem like rituals that uh, give me little, little bits of mental health that I wouldn't otherwise have. And, and I notice when those things get disrupted, mm-hmm. it feels very disruptive. Mm-hmm. So, so like in your case, let's say the seatbelt accidentally got caught in the door. And you're trying to do your one gesture and you go, Arr! like this, <laughs> the thing didn't work. Or like, why is there something where the phone should go? Like, right. ah. So I don't even realize how many of those things I do until it feels disrupted for some reason. Right? Like, you know, um, I don't know. There's just all kinds of things. Like with, I think about like morning rituals where I'm really not on my game yet. Yeah. And I'm still having coffee and brushing my teeth and getting it together. Like, do you and do,
0: do you go through the same motions every morning in in a, in a way like that? Like, do you have like, I get out of bed and I go to this place and I do this and then I get make coffee and I do it. You know, or is it, is it different every day?
1: Um, most of those things, it's not, mm, no, I'm going to say I, I don't, but, but I'll give you an example and I've talked about this before, but like this was the, a life changing thought technology for me is I used to be one of those people where I would always lose things that one wouldn't want to lose or I would misplace things. I would misplace my wallet. I would misplace my keys and so I've said this before, but I honestly think you know you can find a pattern like this in your life for improvement that is kind of giant. Um, when I walk in the house, I come in, I put down my backpack, um, I say to my daughter, remember to wash your hands, and we both wash our hands. And then I walk over to a bowl, and I put my wallet, and my notebook, and my pen, and my keys, and if I'm taking off my glasses, my glasses, and I put, always put everything in the same place, in the same bowl. Now, right. well, that could not be any simpler or obvious, unless you're not doing that thing, because there's only one place in the entire house that something goes if it's not on my body and it's in that it's in that bowl. Like, and I, I, as, as crazy as it sounds to talk about how that's a life-changing thought technology, like, ask yourself, like, if you have you. Could you not find your phone today? Could you not find your keys today? I think, I think you have to realize the patterns of stuff that you don't want to have to think about and where there's stakes to getting it wrong. Even if that stake is that it's stressful and like makes you late for something. So I would say I definitely do things like that. I don't have that I'm thinking... I don't have that many things that are as sophisticated as you're getting in the car routine. See,
0: but I didn't think that it was sophisticated. I didn't even know I had any of these things until I started really thinking about it. It's not like I sat down one day and said, "Hmm, okay, how many movements am I currently doing when I sit down in the car? And what do I need to change to It was never a conscious thing like that. It just sort of evolved that way. And like, I knew it, I knew that I was doing it but I didn't I didn't plan it or sit down to say it has to be that way. It just kind of happened and then as I sat there yesterday realizing this and thinking like well don't you have a way you get in the car, you know what I mean? Like it occurred to me that like oh right, I actually have a lot of these different things and many of them are exactly what you just described. Like I get home, I walk in the door, I hit the garage door button, I put the thing here and yes, it it is the same every day but like on a weekend When it's completely different, those things just go out the window and I don't even care about them or think about them. So it's not some rigid thing that like I can't function or there's stress if I don't do it that way. But I don't know. Don't you think that's part of your personality? um, Maybe it seems like it is more than it really is when it comes to things like this. Whereas if they don't go that way or like if I'm driving my wife's car, it doesn't matter. I don't think about it and everything is different in there. But... I'm like, I don't know how she functions without a backup camera. Oh my God. But no, I, I'm not experiencing, like, there's not like a negative feedback loop if I don't have this stuff. It's more like optimum conditions, yield optimum results. And if I don't have optimum conditions, it's not like I don't even try, but I just, I don't pay attention to it. It's it's, it's a non-issue if it's not there. You know what I mean? Like at mm-hmm. that point, it just kind of like, oh, right, I, that's, this is different today because I have to put my daughter in the back seat and buckle her in and my son can do it on his own. And both garage doors are already open and we're not in a time crunch because, you know, I have like timed exactly in the morning routine of exactly when we should be walking out the door. But like if once something is thrown off there, then I'm, I relax and I'm like, okay, it's not going to be the way that it would be for optimum. That's fine. I'm just doing this different thing now. Right. Uh, You know, like, like canceling cable completely changed up how we watch TV and which remote control we use and where it gets put and all that stuff. But like, that was a positive thing, but I don't like, I don't want it to come across as incredibly rigid because I'm not there like enforcing this stuff. And if it changes, I'm not angry about it, but like, I definitely have enforced a system on myself when it comes to like the checking email and what I do when I get an email now. And like how mm-hmm. I have to respond to it. Because if I don't have those rules in place, then it almost immediately I could see it going back into that now. I have fourteen hundred emails I haven't read.
1: hmm
0: I mean, well, is it an unhealthy thing to to have these things in place, do you think?
1: Um, why would it be unhealthy?
0: Because well, I, because I mean, the potential to, to make it rigid, I think. Uh I don't know. Now I think I think you're overthinking a
1: little bit. But, uh, I mean, one way to think about this, I mean, what, do, God, what are we talking about? So many different kinds of things. But you could think about a certain kind of continuum from on, this, on the left side over here, we've got what you might call chaos, or you've got um, absence of thinking and planning. Uh, absence of thinking, planning, or practice. And then at the way other end of that spectrum, you've got uh, stuff that that happens either automatically through some kind of like you know scripting, even or something that you are really really not thinking about. To where, you know what I mean? Where like I think there's there's somewhere in the middle that's that that that's a good spot to be. And I guess one, one example I'm thinking of is like w- one may have a very. Like you may have a really good system for getting ready in the morning, right that you can apply to being in a hotel room mm. You may have a really good method of keeping your stuff in one place that you pl- apply in a hotel room and you may even get to a point of having a really good system of packing up your stuff to get out of a hotel room but you know for example, make sure that your system includes looking for phone chargers that are still plugged in yes because if you get too efficient about getting out of a hotel room, I feel like I leave at least one thing behind mm. all the time. So is the answer to that more automation? Well, kind of. I mean, again, though, my my thing is more like simplicity, which is like I only ever use, to the extent possible, use one drawer for anything. I keep everything in a bag or in one drawer. Uh, I've got a little kind of basket thing, a little portable redox basket that i put all my wallet type stuff in again that's my portable version of that but i'm i'm putting this poorly but i don't i think there's there's something great to be said about becoming efficient and good at what you do but you don't want it to become too robotic to where you don't account for how today is different how you know i don't know i'm i'm thinking of stuff like you know did you is there something behind the car should you look behind the car to make sure there's nothing back there or do you want to make sure you want to make sure that like did you remember your kids lunch there's all these kinds of things where like i guess what i'm saying is i like those kinds of systems and i like having that confidence that i know how to do this without thinking too much about it and that it's pretty fail safe yeah i trip myself up sometimes though by getting so confident in my own ability to do that stuff efficiently that i end up forgetting something very important which brings me back to the simplicity so that's where i always try to get back to You know, like, okay, this morning, uh, I wanted to bring those breakfast sausages to work. I wanted to bring a new thing of half and half. And so I put those things together, like in the refrigerator. Like one of my old tricks is the dumbest old trick in the world. If I want to remember to take something to school, when I go pick up my kid, something to drop off like a form, a permission form, Mm -hmm. then I will break my rule and put my house keys or my phone on that document. So it's unlikely that I'll leave without noticing that thing that has to go with me. So... I don't know. I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. For me, part of it is it's, I I like the idea of having a a habit or something that works, but I also really like the idea of, I I feel much less, the thing that helps me from being stressed out is not trusting my brain to have to remember things. Yeah. And to put those kind of like um, useful landmines out there, things that will like make it so that I I can't screw
0: this up. That's, see, that's a part of it of of like the not screwing it up thing that, like for me, like going on a trip and traveling, uh, packing, that kind of stuff. I I really enjoy the packing part, and it's something that I I just like. I just like doing. I like packing. I like the fact that I think that relative to the other people that I know and that I've I've traveled with, and I'm sure you've got some really really cool tips. I would love to hear about traveling light. I mean, I know people who travel light in the sense of like, they take their sweatshirt off and roll it in a ball and that's their pillow and they sleep on the floor. Like, I'm not talking about like that. I'm talking about taking just the things that you need and doing a good job of at the end of the trip saying, I used everything I brought and I didn't bring anything extra. Yeah. That and getting to that point. I mean, I think it takes a lot of practice. I think it takes a lot of practice in knowing like what kind of luggage you need and what the actual like... When I pack the bag that I'm using, we can, and that's a, that's a fun topic to talk about if you ever want to again, but like the carry on that I have is exactly the right size now for pretty much the longest trip I could possibly go on. But even if I go on a shorter trip, it's not like I've got tons of extra room in there. It's just right. And so finding these things that are just right, you know, just, just the right amount of stuff, that's the challenge for me that I really enjoy is finding that thing that's just right and not too much, not too expensive, not too inexpensive, not something that's overbuilt, not something that's underbuilt. You know, that is kind of like the challenge. Uh, And, and, and there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of like trial and error in it. And it's almost, I guess it's almost like a hobby. Like I don't dwell on it a lot, but I am always kind of on that quest to be like, how can I take less stuff? How can I have, Less stuff, you know, and I always see that as a, as a fun challenge to take. Like, is there stuff that I'm holding on to that I don't need? Like we talked about having a sentimental attachment to things, and I don't, I I don't really have a sentimental attachment to things. And part of it is I don't want to, you know. Like my kids will make stuff for me. And I'm like, great. Now I have this wonderful, amazing picture that you drew for me that I'll never throw away because I love it, but. You know, like other than that, like, I really don't, like, I don't want stuff. I try to have as a little bit of stuff as I can. Like I'm doing this kind of extended garage sale of getting rid of old stuff here. That's in the studio that like, if I haven't used it in six months, I'm getting rid of that. I'm selling yeah. it. And there's something wonderful and liberating about that. Looking at the stuff you have and saying, man, I, I like, I wish we didn't need cars here. I'm so envious of, of your situation, the, in in you're not needing to have a car that no must we, we feel need great. I mean, we we have a car yeah I mean it's not like you don't we, have like you don't have two
1: cars and you don't need a car to go everywhere that you go no I couldn't live somewhere that was otherwise yeah um one way to think about it is well and again back to thinking about thinking yeah is that I think it's useful to know um, the times and situations. Where you want to be thinking and making a decision, um, and we're actually part of the process, part of the enjoyment, part of the quality of an experience is deliberate decision making. And I don't want to over, you know, zenify this. I mean, it's I you don't. It doesn't all have to be about meditation. It's just a matter partly about about being like, well, what part of my life do I want to be my life? Like what parts of this do I want to be the driver? Where, 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 where What parts of my life do I want a manual transmission for? and then what parts do I never even want to have to think about? And I think it takes that little meta layer of thinking, and you don't have to overthink this, but there there's all kinds of things like that to know that like, for example, I mean travel, I guess is not not a terrible example. If you know there's certain kinds of things that tend to really stress you out. Do whatever's necessary to prepare how you can or have backup plans, how you can but you know at a certain point be okay with like like letting go of that but then there's other kinds of things where you know you would want to be able to choose like you might want to i guess you could sit in your room and study the menu for the restaurant but part of the fun is like going to the restaurant and having the experience of getting the menu and looking at it and all that like you know if if you get too obsessed with trying to make everything efficient i think life can be less fun but if there are things where there's fault intolerance or you don't want to trust your memory um, oh gosh I mean that kind of stuff like again like reminders and alarms like my life my quality of life is so much better if I remember to tell something else to remember what I don't want to remember mm-hmm. I mean it's there's no reason to overcook pasta ever 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 <laughs> if, if you have anything in your house that can make a ding sound after eight minutes why would you not use that right it takes a colossal amount of arrogance um to think that you will remember to do something in eight minutes. You know, test yourself today. Like, try this. Like, like, say to yourself, like, make a mental, mental note of the time and then go do something without looking at a clock. And then when you've decided that it's exactly eight minutes, look at the clock. Well, you know, B, you probably didn't get it right. And A, you probably forgot to even look because it was 15 minutes that went by before you remember that you're supposed to do something in eight minutes. So that's the kind of stuff we're in. I guess we could talk more specifically about ways to improve that. I don't think having a system or having habits is, is bad, but I also at all no, there's all kinds of ways where that's the best thing. That's, that's how you improve your quality of life. If you get a ritual, ritual gets kind of a bad rap as a term. If you have a ritual for bedtime, I think you're on the right path. Like if you know that my I am telling my body it's time to start going to bed and so starting 90 minutes before I go to bed, here's the kinds of things that start to happen. 90 minutes? It only takes me two minutes to go to bed. Well, I bet you don't sleep very well. Like it, have you gotten the room the way you want? Are you watching less blue screen stuff? All that kind of stuff we talk about. Those kinds of rituals can be really good. I guess the, the key part to me is to realize like, A, when it's time to alter, update, change, or reject a current automation or habit in your life. Mm-hmm and uh, and, you know, and when the new ones come along how to adapt them in a way that's sensible and keeps you thinking about the stuff that you want to be thinking about I'm putting this very poorly
0: um, did you want to tell me about something else that you like? I will tell you about Casper Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price and they're great this is the thing they feel really comfortable they sleep nice and cool they sent us one to try out before we started doing these ads a while back and I bring my son into the office every once in a while. And he, we got him like years ago, like an ex, really expensive mattress. It's supposed to be like really comfortable and he hates it. And he came in here and he saw this one that we have on, it's like on the floor of the little room over there. And he jumped on the thing and he's rolling around on and he's like, dad, you get, bring this home. I want to take this home. I want this, this, this (laughs) needs to be my bed. What better test of something than uh, have your kid like give their true opinion about it because they don't care. They don't understand sponsor relationships and podcast success and that kind of stuff. They just call it like it is. And he says, this is the best mattress I've ever laid on. And uh, I really don't, I don't think he's exaggerating. These things are great and they're really, really resilient. They have long lasting support and they're a hybrid mattress. They combine latex foam with memory foam. Just the right sink, just the right bounce. That's their, uh, that's their slogan. I didn't even give them that. But the fact is you're going to sleep great on these things and they are super comfortable. But the best part of them is they're really affordable. 500 bucks for a twin, nine fifty for a king size mattress. Compare that to the industry average. This is a huge, huge, huge savings. Go check these things out on their website. It's at casper.com. Go to casper.com slash back to work to support the show. And if you want to get one, use our code back to work. And that will save you $50 toward any mattress purchase. If you don't like it, they give you a hundred days to have them come. And they'll come and take it back. doesn't cost you anything. I think you will like it, but compare that to like the five minutes you get in a mattress store yeah. of uh, trying to roll around on one of those things. It's, it's, it's wonderful. A hundred days to see if you like it. Casper.com slash back to work code back to work terms and conditions apply. So go check them out. Casper.com. Great mattress.
1: Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, am I getting, um, give me some more examples. I think I'm, I'm not sure if I'm fully getting your, your thing, my system. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, 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 I'm stumbling cause I'm not awake yet, but also cause I'm, maybe I'm not understanding exactly what it is you're talking about or asking about.
0: Well, so I notice at, that I have these, these, like you, you, you know, I talk about the packing. I put the packing in a different place as these little, like these little things that I do. Like, for example, there are things that you would do that any rational person would do. For example, you want to floss before you brush. That's everyone knows this, but I found like I went through and I found that like, I did not have any kind of system or organizational policy in place for like a couple of these drawers in the bathroom and they were complete chaos. And I realized that, you know, what I was doing is every time that I needed to find uh, something in one of these drawers, that I would spend time looking through the drawer to find the thing that I needed because there was all this junk in there and this chaos in there. And a lot of the stuff in there, it was maybe because one day, maybe I was in a hurry and I just threw something in the drawer. And in the back of my mind, I knew All right, that's the drawer I just throw things into when I don't have time or when I don't want to think about it. But what I was actually doing is I was making it harder for myself to later find that thing that I had just put into the drawer when I needed it. Now, instead of just being able to open the drawer, there's the thing, remove it, done. I was actually adding time each time, but maybe I was only adding 15 seconds, right? But if I need something from that drawer, that's 15 seconds every day. That I was spending to, well, I got to take this thing out and it's under there and I'll put it over there. And the next time I'll throw it on top of it, who cares? And, uh, but it, like not having an, organize, an organized drawer, that was costing me time. It was actually costing it's this me time. Is this all about nulling? That's uh, what this is all about, isn't it? You're going through a knolling phase. Well, mm-hmm. I, I admit that one <laughs> of my drawers is kind of nulled up, <laughs> but I feel that. You know, I feel like there's an aspect of knowing that is... This isn't about driving. For, no, hold on. It's for <laughs> appearance. For appearance. Like, people want things to look a certain way on their desk so they can post it to Instagram. And that's not what this is about. For me, it's about knowing where things are so that I don't have to wonder or think. Because, like, I got I got one of those little... What do they call those things that men, men get that sit on top of a dresser and there's like a little... A little uh section where you're supposed I guess you're supposed to put your your watch. And then there's a section well, it's like where a, like a valet. A valet, yes. These things generally speaking, I haven't found any good ones because none of my stuff organizes the way that they're supposed to be organized. My wife even said to me, she's like, Can we get you a different one that has like a lid? Because I don't your stuff looks disorganized in there. And I'm like, Yes, we can definitely find a new one. It is disorganized in there. And yet this is this thing that like every day. I put the change in there. I put the collar stay in there if I need it. I put the watch on the thing. I put the wallet right there because putting it in one place means I know where it is. So like when I go up at the end of the evening after putting my kids to bed, like I put my wallet in the thing. I put my keys in the thing. I put the collar stays in. If I'm wearing them, I put my watch here to charge. Like I have this routine that I do. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm not, uh, it's not nulling for the sake of nulling so that I can post it to Instagram. It's nulling so that I know where the thing that I put down is. Do you, do you not see that as a, a time saver? Uh, it could be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, um... I never have to wonder where my wallet is. Never have to wonder where it is. I always know where it is. It's either in my pocket. Or it's in this thing. I'm the wrong person to ask about this. I I yeah, I, I'm the
1: wrong person to ask. Why? Um because anything I say is gonna sound kind of, you know, I don't know. I just sent you a picture of Mr. Huff aligning his pencils in the lines <laughs> in the incredibles.
0: Oh that I'm not doing that. I don't do that.
1: Bob a company is like a clock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I no, I really I don't do that kind of thing. Because I'm uh-huh. way too yeah, like my desks <laughs> are all piled up. But mm. I'm try, I try for the things that are important. Yeah, there it is. For the things that could be... Oh, I like that, though. That does have an appeal to I it. I knew it would. I knew it would. I oh, wish I, I could Mr. do Huff. that. I wish I could do that kind of thing. Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I, mean, I want to hear your opinion on it. That's why I'm asking. Um, mm, I should get
1: another... Can I get a seltzer? Grace.
0: Grace. Great. Oh great. I, know, I thought you were asking. You oh, know, yeah, go and go and do it. The
1: German bearpons and
0: um okay. Better?
1: <coughs> Middling. The uh it, it, you know, it varies a lot cuz here's what I think about. When I think about all this 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 knowing me, uh I think about my grandfather's workshop. Where, um, you know, he wasn't like a professional workshop guy, but he did stuff like he built an entire hand built in his 70s, a- an entire extended brick terrace and garden mm. with levels in his backyard. Like he knew how to use stuff. He had all these great old wooden tools, but he had the thing where he had a pegboard, like, like everybody's grandpa in my age. They, uh, he had a pegboard with hooks on it and he had everything arranged in a certain place. And you know, and that's where the hammer goes, and this is where this particular saw goes. Mm-hmm. This is where the screwdriver oh, goes. Was
0: it, was it? Was it like paint? Like
1: painted on the For wall? The outlines. Oh. I don't think he, I, I, I can see that really appealing. Yes, to you. it's very appealing to me. Well, I had a feeling. Um, the that. I I I really get that in the same way that I get I'm trying to think of examples of this that are really germane to me. Like for example, I have this this little um, I don't know what it's called, but I've got like three or four of these bags I bought from um, um doesn't matter, but there's these like nominally waterproof bags that I just use as little like go bags that I put in my backpack. One one, one principle of organization that I believe in is like sub bags. So, and this is, this is, this is unrelated, except in as much as it's related. So I've got a backpack. It's got a bunch of stuff in it, but I don't like having like loose stuff in the bag any more than I want loose stuff in my suitcase. I like to keep like with like. So I've got a bag that's got stuff, all the stuff that I don't want rattling around in my bag, but I want to have with me. So that could be stuff Mm -hmm. like it's got pens. It's got pencils. It's got earplugs. It's got, um, ibuprofen. Uh, I keep. I, I uh, this is something that you, this is going to sound crazy until you need it. I take a kitchen, uh, like a 13 gallon kitchen garbage garbage bag, and roll it until it's like about the size of a dim sum, and wrap it up with silicone rubber bands. Because <laughs> you, you will be amazed how often it would be nice to have a garbage bag. I do that with eight paper towels. I always have eight paper towels in, paddles, in this little your thing. your paddles. No, no. I mean, I only need them like once a month. But if my kids spill something, Zoom, I go into my bag and I've got this thing that took up almost no space and I've got that in there. Now, is that tightly wound? Uh, Technically, it is because it's tied together with these awesome silicon rubber bands. (laughs) But I do that and now I don't have to think about that. I've got that with me. Believe me, I will need a garbage bag and some paper towels at some point in the next week or two. And so I put that in this little bag and that goes with me places. So I guess that's a similar principle. I know what's in that bag. I know what's in there. I keep it updated. You know, I replenish the ibuprofens or whatever. Um, okay, okay, so here's the here's the only thing. Go ahead.
0: Well, I, I was just going to say, I like, I like that, and I like that sort of you know prepping aspect to it that you're sort of ready to to do that. But what I found, I just want to add as a, as an addendum that the places in my life where I have organized, where I've taken the time to organize stuff, I am very efficient. And I keep them organized. When there is a good organizational system in place, it stays organized and I save time and I feel good about it because I know, oh, right, I need that thing. Well, it's you know, it's like you're describing. It's like, here's, here's the, the painted outline for where that thing would go. And I, I keep it that way. But in the places where I don't have a system and things are not organized, it's utter chaos. And I don't I don't have like a middle ground on it. It's not like- well, I really I'm, doubt that your chaos is utter. I'll show up, fine. I'll show you, I'll take some pictures
1: for you. Thank you, thank you. You, you know what, I'm gonna stay out of this one because what you're describing is good stuff. Um, it's good stuff. Um, I ha- was very, it's funny, there's this book now about that, the cleaning up your life lady, the Japanese clean up your life lady that everybody's into- and, but I'm very,
0: um, I'm so partial. I, like- I, I just I want to I want to mention one more thing is that yeah. the knolling thing, knolling for the sake of knolling, lining your pencil up on the desk next to the other thing in in a, in a, in a way that features Apple products and is just so so that you can post it to your hipster Instagram. Like I I don't like that, and I'm specifically against that, especially in what I would call a creative space. But you said as much that that's the only kind of photos like that you like to look at as is, is people's kids and Nolan. I, I said, well, that was my veiled way of rallying against people who post pictures of their dogs in a way that wouldn't paint me as a dog hater. Mm. Um, because I'm not a dog hater, I just don't have a place for pets in my life right now. But like if you say why does everyone post so many darn pictures of their dog? I just want to follow you on Instagram that, that you become a villain. And I'm, I am I don't, it's not like I never want to see a picture of a dog, but I would rather see pictures of people and their families and uh, beautiful places that I wish I could go and something that's organized nicely. And I'm tolerant of the knolling. Um, but I would never ni- like an, an old photo as a rule. Right. I could never like that. But I like in the places where things are not organized, it's, I can't find anything. Like I'm completely lost. And I remember my granddad's, you were talking about yours. Like I remember my granddad's like basement where he kept all of his woodworking stuff and all of his tools and it was never organized. And I, I never, even as a little kid, I was at once both fascinated by it because I, in, in memory, I've never seen a place that has more character than that. Like this was a place that like you went and you built stuff. Like you built stuff. Like he built things down there. Like stuff he would say, "Oh, we we need a new side table." He'd go and like build it somehow. He would build that or oh, this thing was broken. I fixed it, and right. he didn't need a manual to do it. And he always had a tool, and he had the right nails, the right screw, like everything. But it was it was maybe for him it was organized because he knew where stuff was, but. It was always like looking for stuff involved. There was always like, well, uh, nope, that's not it. Bring me the, uh, find it. Go find another one, the one with the red handle. Like, well, there's eight with red handles here. We'll just bring them all over, you know? Yeah. And and like, I try, it's like, I try hard to organize stuff because if i don't it's it really is cast, I'll have to send you pictures of stuff, but
1: oh, no, 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 I mean, I you know that these all sound like like good practices i'm I'm hemming and hawing because I don't want to I don't mean to sound critical of what anybody decides to do i'm just I'm watching for the stuff that's hung me up in the past mm. and um so that's that's all that I'm thinking about And I, but I, I don't want to be a karma sock I mean people should do what they enjoy doing, but you know it's like. There's again, I always come back to that book, It's All Too Much, and just like what, what, a, what an impact that had on how I think about things. And uh, I don't know. I just feel, yeah, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. No, I don't, don't want to be a jerk. I don't want to be a jerk. No I, one's I, going
0: to think you're a jerk.
1: I think, I think, th- knowing uh, and, and, and its similar ilk and all these different systems for organizing things should be a little bit of a red flag. For us, it would be, it should be, it should be a red flag to me. Um, the, the the need to organize and clean for most people comes from a feeling of a lack of self control. When we feel like our, we're in control of our lives and things are going on, um, we can usually tolerate a little bit of clutter or a little bit of unknowing and things like that. I know that for myself, like one great way to feel like I'm getting it together is to clean my office mm. or to clean the kitchen or to do something because it's a way to exercise control over an area that you can understand. So I, I'm not trying to say that's negative. I'm saying that's that's swell. Like we we, we should do that. But the, the the two shades that I'm just for myself would say, be careful of is like on the one hand, like it's, um, see now I feel like a jerk. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, there's the one, I I do think the whole like organizational porn thing is kind of a derail. <laughs> it's, it is, it's kind of a derail. And like, if it gets you to where you've got less clutter in your life and you're able to focus, that's, that's really good. But, um, <laughs> I don't know, but the pe- people who are able—if if that helps you to be able to produce the things that are that are useful to you, or to feel less stressed out than those—those are all good things. But I just—I feel like I see so much of the stuff where you see like somebody's minimalist desk, hmm. and every time I see one of those desks, I'm like, why is no one working there? Like, all that looks—how do to you get, get any, anything done there, right? Well, like, what do you get done there? Like, it just—it's—it really does feel like a way to validate. One's control of one's world. It does not, f- it, it's, it first of all, it feels like it's showing off, like, which is okay. It doesn't impress me, it impresses somebody. Right. Like, to go, like, well, let me show you, I finally got to where I'm happy with my minimalist desk setup. And then, like, that's great. So you share that with people. But, like, that to me feels like more of a cry for help than anything that's useful to anyone. Like having no junk on your desk, like if that helps you get your work done, that's great. Maybe post fewer of those photos and go make a thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just there's, whenever I see that, I just feel like people want to hug. And I and I just think like there, it's more like saying, it's almost like a little kid showing you the dookie they made. It's like, I, they're, they're so proud of this area that they have exercised control over. I'm like, well, congratulations. You're an adult that's made their desk clean. Like that's, that's good. That's good. And if it helps you, that's, but I watch for those red flag things. It's to me, it's in that a similar superclass of stuff like the buy a new notebook philosophy, my beautiful, clean new notebook. Uh And so I don't know. I don't know. As far as the system stuff, like I say, to me, I'm, I'm always happy to automate anything that I could screw up because I'm a, I'm a dumb meat bag, but I think it is good to, you know, at least have, have your, have your head in the game for the stuff where it might still be useful for you to think about it. So you got a camera on the back
0: of your car when you back up. Oh yeah. It's the, best thing in the whole entire world I, I was in
1: somebody's car and it like showed them how to pull into a parking space it's like the cra- I'm like this is, this is magic like I it could, gave I could, instructions well, it kind of shows you like an angle to go at. I'm trying to remember who this was but when you, when you see stuff like that it's like man now I wish I had a nice car because that's pretty fancy the what, backup um, camera thing is just oof, it's the
0: best how, it beeps. it beeps if you get too close to something
1: Give me an example of some ones like in order to help our listeners, if they're struggling with things like feeling disorganized, what are some things that you would suggest to people for what kinds of things to organize or automate and how? Like, how do you decide that something is worth spending time on? And then how do you approach that? Okay. If
0: you, my, the way that I do this is, and the test for this is, if, if it's something that you need to get or use on a regular basis, which I would define as. once a day or more and it takes you and you have to look to find that thing then it needs to get a little bit more organized than that or you should consider putting that thing with the other things that you use on a regular basis so if that's you know if you need like your your notebook and your pen and you find that you're using that a lot but you have to go looking for it every time then you know like doesn't that seem like something that you should either keep out or keep readily at hand. Like I don't have any drawers in the desk that I use because I use one of those standing sit stand desks. And I'm constantly, you know, I have to sit down or, or stand up because the stuff I'm dealing with, with my back from sitting for so many years in the wrong way. So I have to have like a sit stand things. I don't have any drawers in there. So I'm constantly trying to figure out like, where do I put stuff? Like, does that mean I have to have all the crap on top of my desk? So yes, I've got a lot of like crap on top of my desk. And after a while I'll be like, Man, I'm, I'm always like looking through this stuff on my desk because I don't have anywhere to put it, you know? So like, yeah, 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 you know, so little things like that, like where can you, how can you optimize something if you're stuck in a situation like I am? And it makes you really think about it. Like, okay, well, what do I really need to have on my desk at all times for, for the setup that the way that, that you want to work. So I have way more on top of my desk than I'm, than I like. It's definitely nothing I would take a picture of and put on Instagram. I'm anything. I, I'm sorry. I did, I
1: did not mean to sound like such a dick. No, about you that. didn't. You really didn't. Uh, well, no, I, I did because it's something people like to do and I'm actively trying not to be a karma suck judging no, people because I really, they do I feel something. feel the same way. I feel the well, same way. But
0: it's, it's mean
1: and I, and I don't mean it to sound that way. And that's why I should have stuck with not saying anything about it. Uh, I,
0: no, I hmm. could say stuff that's even worse about it to make yours pale by comparison.
1: But it, it it does seem, it seems like such a weird, I'll see if I can find a link to my uh, my minimalist desk uh, demonstration that I can put up. I made a video well, of my minimalist so, there's desk. There's so much it, of
0: it, of it though, though, that people, it's they're staging it. Like they're, they're not, it's not what it really looks like. It's staged. It's like they didn't, they just drew something that was cool. But then the picture that they took, it's not like this is really what they're, their thing looks like. It's actually like they drew this thing and then everything is now aligned and set up next to it as if that was how they were working. But in reality, that's not how they're working. That bugs me.
1: Well, here's here's one thing you learn. If you ever post this, is the one reason I post fewer photos these days.
0: Um, Desk porn, someone in the, C Maloney in the chat room.
1: <laughs> right, so, yeah, yeah. But you, you, post, you post a photo of something and you see something in that photo that you're posting. And the thing is, what most people are going to notice and comment on is everything else in that photo. And it's going to be like, why do you own two copies of that book? Like, why would you, you know, it's again, it's more of that, like, why would you have that on your iPhone home screen? And so like you, you're putting it because of this one thing. It's just in this instance, I am that jackass who goes like, you know, all I see, I see like something that wants to be in a museum here. Mm -hmm. Like it's like how Benjamin Franklin
0: worked, you know, and, (laughs) The magnifying glass that was always by his side. Yeah, which is another kind of productivity porn in some ways. But you know,
1: you, you, you got to do what works for you. I you know, mean, my, my, my two tips on this would be like, first of all, again, you know, I probably too much considering that this is a, I, I like this book too much given probably that it is a ghost written book that is nominally written by a cable TV show host. But the book, It's All Too Much, uh, had a, a huge impact on me. Uh, even when I'm not practicing it, like, you know, I basically said many times that the only two self-help books that I have consistently found useful over many, many years are getting things done. And it's all too much um, because they both take a somewhat contrarian approach to a problem that a lot of people have, you know, getting things done uh, has an incredibly practical approach to saying like, you know, there's a bunch of stuff you got to do. You just got to put it in the right place and then do it. It doesn't require all these metal layers and compli- complications. Um, it's all too much, which I've talked about numerous times on here before. Um, the reason I like that book is that basically it shows you how clutter. First of all, what's the title? That I want to put that in the show notes. It's, it's all too much by it's Peter all Walsh. Too much, nominally by Peter Walsh. And but the the thrust of the book is that it's sort of like. Um, it's a twist on the Mies van der Rohe thing, you know, that basically everything you have in your life should be something that gets you closer to the life that you'd like to have is one way to think about it. So, you know, I guess the obvious things are like, why keep your garbage, throw your garbage away, get rid of the garbage. But also you have all of these reasons why you do all these things and you have all these reasons why you keep all of these things. And that's because, and he goes through the best chapter in the book is, I don't know, second or third chapter. And it's a chapter on the excuses people have for keeping stuff that amounts to clutter. And he's just so brilliantly knocks down all of these basically um, kind of errors in thinking that we have that are based on a good place, like coming from a good place of emotion. And I, you know, I can, I apologize if you've heard this before, but you know, that we like, for example, does anybody right now have clothes in their closet that they can't fit into for whatever reason, they're too big, they're too small, they're whatever. Well, I do. I have a whole bunch of clothes. Okay, well, why? Why do you have clothes in your closet that you can't wear? And that really, let's be honest, that you won't wear if you're really honest with yourself. Well, those pants were expensive, so I'm going to keep them. And those pants, that's the size that I'd like to be. So when I lose that weight, I'm going to fit into those pants. Um, Those, that jacket, um, that's falling apart at the seams belong to my great grandfather. And that's why it's watered up in a garbage bag on the floor of my closet. Uh, Oh, this art from my kid that I love so much because I love my kid. I have five boxes of my kid's art from kindergarten that I haven't opened in two years because I care. It's like for all of these things, you end up realizing that you have an emotional attachment to the stuff in your life. That is not a terrible thing, but it can be an unhealthy thing not just because you could end up becoming kind of a hoarder, but because you're not acknowledging that there's something unresolved about your relationship with that thing. So if you've had pants, in my case, if you had pants in your closet that you haven't fit into in three to five years, really think about that for a minute. Because now that is taking up space in your life where there could either be something useful or nothing that could, as he says, get you closer to the life you'd like to have. You're looking at the life you wanted to have. Like you wanted to be in a rock band. You wanted to have a 28-inch waist. You wanted these things. It didn't work out. So by hanging on to those pants, you end up feeling like you're being true to this life that you wanted to have. By keeping all this stuff from your deceased relative that you never look at, but it's sitting rotting in the garage, well, why don't you pick out one or two of those items and show it some respect, you know? Pick one piece of your kid's art and frame it and like update that every month or every quarter or whatever. But again, if you care about it, treat it like you care about it. If you've got a bunch of like uh, deputy dog glasses from Arby's in the basement and you're like, I have to keep those. Those could be worth something. This is one of the huge ones. Oh, I have to keep that. That's really valuable. You know what? There's a place called eBay. Go to eBay, search for what that deputy dog drinking glass is worth and then ask yourself whether you're ready to sell that or not. If you love it, put it on a shelf like a gentleman. If not, throw it away or sell it. That book has such an impact on me because it forced me to confront how much I try to derive meaning from the objects I choose or allow to be in my life. And then, so, so that's, I ended up throwing a whole bunch of stuff away and it felt great or donating, whatever, you know, but the point is get it out of your house. My number one tip is figure out how much you could just afford to live without. That's not really that useful. And, and, you know, I know stuff costs money and it feels like you should keep it. But like, if you, if you're never really going to use it, just get rid of it or give it away. And then, so why does that lead me to the nulling stuff? Because I think we end up trying to derive a lot of value over our control of the objects we have in our life. And I don't know. At, at times of stress, I, I could see a lot of value in rolling my socks a certain way and taking a photo of it. But like, to me, that's a red flag. Like, Be careful. Like, Why is that a thing that you're doing? Well, because I want to share with people like how great this is. Like, okay, (laughs) that's good. I feel a sense of achievement. I feel like if I I get like you know I send Syracuse a a photograph of like after I clean up my office and I have like twenty bags of garbage to take out of here, it feels great. I don't have a point here. Um, You know, just objects in our life can become complicated, and they can become proxies from all for all kinds of turmoil that's happening that we don't have a way to talk about. And the way that that gets evidenced is I don't like the way you load the dishwasher. I, I, I'm mad about the state of, of my closet right now. It's just, it becomes this way for these objects to be the, the sink for these emotions that we have in our life. Hmm. And I just think that's something to be aware of. So if organizing your desk makes you feel good and reduces your stress and keeps the demon dogs at bay, then that, that's a good thing. But I, I think we have to be careful with how much value we imbue all the things that we've made up in our life. Because those, those kinds of systems then become a certain kind of ritual or dogma that can sort of allow us to miss a lot of the stuff that's happening day to day because we're so busy saying, why isn't this like the ritual and the dogma that I understand? Your thoughts? That's good stuff. No, it's not. It hardly
0: makes a bit of sense. No, no, that's good.
1: Well, I... I
0: love the part, especially the part about like, the the... the because I think people... I think people have a view of themselves and they have their goals and they're like, well, you know, and listening to you talk about the pants thing. Well, I don't want to get rid of those jeans because those jeans are the inspiration that I have to lose the extra five pounds I need to lose to fit into them again. Right maybe, I,
1: yeah, right. maybe they're like those nice nudie jeans right. you get from that Alexander. Uh-huh. They're really
0: costly and
1: you go, you know what? If I just lost, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I know exactly what you mean. That's your inspiration. Right. You spend $100 on a pair of jeans. If I can lose like eight to 15 pounds, I will fit into these and then I will feel great because i become who I want it to be.
0: Yeah. Like that's connected in some way to your identity or the identity that you want to have or the, the, you know, whatever it is that you're working toward, you know, like, well, those genes, that's, I'm going to get there. And if I throw them away, I'm throwing away the dream and my inspiration and, you know, and all of that. And like, I don't think that that's the case. I think there, that, you know, again, like the Buddhist concept of like, you can't make any kind of improvement or progress if you're not honest with yourself. You don't have to say it to other people, you just have to say it to yourself. And starting from that point of honesty of like, I'm never going to fit those genes again, for example. Like, right. the, you know, well, you're being pessimistic. Okay, fine. So you say, I can't fit those jeans right now. And I don't know when I'm going to be able to fit them. And they do take up space here. And I should just be realistic and say, you know what? If I get to the point where I could fit into that size jeans again, I'll celebrate by buying a new pair of jeans. And the old other pair that I took to the donation center and and were donated to somebody who needed them, I'm helping out the world a little bit by doing that. You know, so I, I definitely think a lot of that has to do with holding or clinging on to an image that we have for ourselves, or the thought of if I take a picture of the desk that's set up just so and I put that out there, then that is projecting that feeling I have about myself or that image I have about myself or the person that I think I am or want to be to the world, so other yep. people will think of me in that way. And that I think is that's very, a big part of it. Very well put.
1: Do we have uh, was smile our other sponsor today? It is. Why don't you tell me about that and then maybe we can wrap up.
0: Hi, Smile. Hi, Smile. PDF Pen. That's what they want us to talk about. It's the ultimate all-purpose PDF editor. And Smile has 10 really, really great tutorials up there that you can go and check out to learn just what PDF Pen can actually do for you. They're about two to four minutes each. And they teach you how, how to use PDF Pen because there's so much you can do with this. I mean, at the on the very surface, like, yes, you can... You can tweak your your PDFs and do things with them that you can't do with any other app. But like what? Like annotate a, a PDF, annotate it, add a signature, fill in the forms. You can touch up images. You can run OCR to convert a scanned document to usable text. You can correct even redact text. And you can do this with iCloud and Dropbox to sync PDFs with PDF pen for iPad and iPhone. There's so much you can do. These videos are really, really great David Sparks is uh, the man behind this, these great two to four minute videos that show you just what you can do. Now, PDF Pen 7 and PDF Pen Pro 7, they're designed for Yosemite and they're ready for El Capitan. So you got to be modern to use this stuff because they're a small forward uh, thinking company. Absolutely. But go check it out. They've got a special URL to go to smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Go there, supports the show, but you'll also get to see these really cool videos. And uh, you'll be able to go check out PDF Pen, PDF Pen Pro, some of the best utilities. Uh, I would feel completely naked without PDF Pen. So go check it out. PDF Pen at smallsoftware.com/b2w.
1: Thank you, Smile. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I think we're unintentionally arriving at some some related things. It's like when we talk about stuff, when we end up talking about stuff like Buddhism or you know, any of the like you know, feeling the friction of life, I think we often end up saying things like, you know oh, life is not going the way that we want it to go or this is not making me happy or we, we end up sometimes, maybe somewhat unmindfully or unskillfully talking about the ways that the world is making things be for us. Another way, to look, another way to look at that, though, that I think could be equally instructive is to go like, uh, "How close am I to being who I want to be, or how close am I to being how I'd like to be?" Right? Gosh, now I sound like Andrea Fella or something like that. I sound like one of the uh, Insight Meditation <laughs> right, IMC. Um, you know, am I the way that I want to be? Will I be seen the way I'd like to be seen? Am I am I doing how I like to do? And there's so many elements of what we've talked about today that come down to proving to ourselves that we are, that we are getting closer rather than further to, to who we want to be. Mm. So, I mean, let's be honest. When, when you take a photo of your kid and you decide to keep it, or maybe you decide to post it, when you take a photo of anything, most of the time, some part of you is saying, this is the direction that I want to go. Like this, this dessert, that I've taken one bite out of, like this is more of this dessert, and I want—I not only feel like this is the life that I, I want to have, I want other to other people to see me having this life. Maybe because you know uh, I'm showing off. Maybe because I'm um, trying to make people feel envy. But I bet I think really, if we're super honest, I mean that's one way to look at it. That I think it's not a particularly kind-hearted way to look at it. Um, when I see a photo like that, I feel like it ends with a question mark. So if I, like yesterday, I uh, took a video of my daughter opening a present from her grandmother so she, I could send it to her. And it's really cute. And I took some other photos, but like, uh, I'm not going to post all of those. But if I did, I could see myself posting those the same way I posted baby photo from eight years ago today and say, this is good, right? This. This is good. <laughs> this dessert, this is good, right? This The way that my kid just acted, this is good, right? Right. Because Validation kind of validation, but I think sometimes it's almost impossible to know whether you're asking that question, to not realize you're asking that question, but then to not even be sure whether you're asking that to anyone in particular, no one in particular, or arguably just yourself. So you take this photo of your socks rolled up in this exactly perfect grid and go, this is good, right? Because there's some reason you needed to do that and now you want to look at it and you go like, this is the direction I need to be going, right? Like, and do you know what I mean though? No, there's a question mark on the end of these things. So when we do any of these things, like when we just keep walking past, like again, I don't. maybe you guys are different, but I've got a lot of dumb stuff where I'm not even sure why I'm saving it. But I know that <laughs> yeah. I would, that on the face of it, I would feel like I'm moving the wrong way. Like maybe I don't have a great relationship with this person, but I got this photo of them. That's good, right? You know? So... The thing is, if we don't explore those kinds of things um, in a way that we're comfortable with, then your life can become very inert. And nobody has a house big enough or nobody has enough rolled sock knolling ways to be able to like, escape the kind of emptiness that can come along from trying to imbue ob- objects in our life um, to make them the emissaries for the life that we wish or hope that we could have. Right. So sometimes it takes a pretty frank look at what you're the lifting the heavy lifting that you're expecting these inert items uh, to do for you when like you're the one who has to decide you know what can actually what can actually be done you know you are who you choose to be as right. hogarth says <laughs> so um so i don't know I, you know i think there's worse things you could do i wonder if we could find a sample chapter of that book um Cause I think it is really instructive, but you know, guys, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to sound like a karma. Star, Cause I really don't mean to be that way. Um, you know, when we, when it was right before my kid was born, we did this big purge and man, was it ever great. I regret some things I threw out. I threw out a lot of old rock and roll shirts, but I said to myself, look, I'm going to take some photos of these I'll have photos of them. You know, we'll always have Paris, but like, it was amazing to have room in the house again that wasn't full of, you know, expectations, guesses, memories and hopes like now yeah. let's have room to like move around like imagine if our bodies could move in this place more <laughs> that's the other thing that peter walsh really suggests is for each room figure out what you want that room to be for what's the life you want to have in that room is the life you want to have in that room uh there's a bunch of stuff we moved in there right before christmas like is that the life you want for that room like like how many how many like in our case, like everything becomes my daughter's play space in our house if we don't stop it, or everything becomes ad hoc storage. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. My, my daughter the,
0: will set up a little display of whatever it is, whether they're the little farm animals like you talked about earlier, or dolls, or you know, Yo Gabba Gabba figures or whoever, <laughs> whatever they are, she will, if there's an open space on the floor, she'll set up a display there and get very upset if someone should interfere with it.
1: I'm trying to help my kid understand what a, what a means of egress is. You have to understand <laughs> that sometimes people need to get from one place to another. You did not build a grocery store in a hallway. <laughs> That's number one. Dan. Right, right. That's a your Dr. Philism. <laughs> That's my Dr. Philism. So I don't know. I don't know, and then the other, the other practical thing about the whole like organizational thing is that you know, it's it's funny because like I think my my wife and I um are are like differ a little bit in like how we like organize the kitchen. Like she makes it look really good, mm-hmm. and 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 she actually she does make it look really good, and I'm always more like obsessed with the. The functionality part, right? Like this, this one shelf in the spice cabinet should have the six or seven spices that we use all the time. You know, other people would want to alphabetize that, or would want to. You know, I think it depends on like what your own thing is. It's just that you have to find the right mix of the, the pretty and the functional, the useful, the scalable. Like you find that over time. But my only uh, uh, proviso on the whole, like you know, nulling and organization thing, is like don't. Don't do it just to make it pretty, but keep iterating that. If you if you have to if you choose to have your things be on a grid, that's okay, that's fine. But like make sure it's up to date with how you actually work. Do things like learn from your messes. A lot of people don't learn from their messes. Messes are instructive. Messes are the archaeology of our lives. If you go look at your trash, your trash like you know, your 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 photos of your desk may tell you a lot about who you hope to be. Your trash is who you are like nothing says more about you than your trash. And if you're noticing lots of patterns in your trash, you can also learn lots of patterns in like how you could change your life. So, you know, when you notice things like a mess, like I try to, something I learned from Mike Montero years ago, like, you know, I, at the end of the day, I do a mini cleanup and then usually on Thursdays or Fridays, I do like a bigger cleanup at my office and I try to notice little things like, Oh, I haven't used that piece of equipment. Like, why is that on my desk? Move that away. And that, That means getting out of the automatic thinking and getting back into the manual transmission mode and thinking like, is everything on this desk? Does this need to be here? Could I put all this away in the right place and then grab it if I need
0: it again? I don't know.
1: I'm all over the map today, Dan.
0: No, you're good. This was a good one. I like the ones where you come in prepared like this.
1: Prepared, yeah. Where um, where are the areas... We should go soon. But where, where are the areas where you wish you had more control or could affect more improvement in making your objects huge the way you work or think? Hmm. Like messy garage, uh, closet, like the way the towels are. Are there ways where you like wish there were improvements in some areas? You seem like you're pretty good with like, you're pretty good about like organizing equipment and stuff like that, right?
0: Well, no, not really. That That's a big one for me. I mean, the garage thing, it's it's super frustrating because... Every time I go out there to try and you know improve that situation, I just run into stuff that like I can't I can't get rid of it, I can't get rid of it, Uh And, and it's not a sentimental thing at all. It's like, well, here's the stuff for the beach, and we go to the beach once a year. You don't want to buy that again, right? And that that's like. That's like stuff that we, we will, and we use it every time we go to the beach, we will use it again next year and we have to have it. We have to have it, but it takes up so much space on the shelf in the garage. And like, there's no, there's no way to organize it better than I have. And it's just, it's taking up all of the space and it's like, and like, I'm, I save all of the packaging when I buy a, a computer, or laptop, or something like that. I wow, that's
1: a big that's a big footprint. I've it I've really tried to do is. that,
0: and it's a lot of space. And people would say, "What are you saving that for?" Well, I just sold a whole bunch of stuff on uh, the website. I have a you know, I have a little yeah, garage sale it, going. You put, you it, put back, it, you can put it in the box. Yeah, you put it in the box, and people would say, "Well, that's really nice." Yes, it also ships really, really well. Apple's really good about thinking that through. I have never had anything arrive broken to somebody. Uh, or or with a pr- any kind of problem at all, because I shipped it back in the Apple stuff. And it's like, that's, a I think, a big value add for the people who are considering buying something. Like, oh, well, I know that I can buy that laptop from Dan because he took good care of it, and mm-hmm. he saved all the original packaging, and it's going to come back to me just like it was new when I bought. Like, that's super valuable, but this stuff takes up so much space. Like, where do you put these giant white boxes Uh, you just got to put them on a shelf. So, you know, that's a mess. The whole office studio thing is not organized. Like it's, it's pretty bad. So I don't know. I just, I don't know. Well, can I, can I give some homework? Yeah.
1: This could be for you, but it could be for you in the audience. And this goes straight back to the, uh, what I've called the procrastination dash. Uh, Anything that lets you take something that seems like a relatively hopeless mess of whatever and turn it into something that you can do something about Um, if there's a think about a space think about your closet Um, especially like where you primarily keep your, your, your grown up clothes think about if there's any storage areas in the kitchen think about under the sink think about dry goods in a pantry think about really think about the garage yuck think about the guest bedroom closet think about the front, whatever. If there's, but there's one of these areas where you just cringed, like I'll bet (laughs) you there's one of those areas where you're like, no, actually, thank you very much. I will not be thinking about that. Well, here's the exercise. Here's the exercise and two, two bits of permission for courage. What I want you to do is take a brown paper grocery bag. And I want you to take that brown paper grocery bag, go to one of those areas, or more, but I would say go to one, go to one of those areas and fill that groceries bag with stuff you don't ever need to see again. That's the first act of bravery. Is all you have to do is fill one grocery bag. And then here's what I want you to do. Now don't tell anybody I said this. I want you to throw it away. I don't want you to donate it. <laughs> I want you to throw it away. That's the second act of courage because you know, one reason that you're not getting rid of that stuff is because it's still really good. It's still really useful and somebody else could use it. That's great. Let's once we get to the point where you're comfortable getting rid of all your junk, let's make sure somebody gets it that it's useful. You know, a way better thing to do is just put it in the trash. I'm not saying, I'm not saying to go be an environmental nuisance, but just be careful because you know what? I have to find a way to get rid of this. Unless we're talking about like atomic bombs or paint, like it's it's okay. You can you can throw that away. Do me this courtesy. Fill one garbage bag and then take it out to the trash. And now you have taken a step. You can do that. Now, now if you are really dedicated to donating stuff, well then really donate it, but really you know, it's it's so it's so easy to come up with another excuse for why you have all of that junk, which is that you're being environmentally sound to choose to be the landfill for your own stuff. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you for your important work. If you want to donate it, fine. I think the best thing you can do, pay some person with a pickup truck $200 to come to your house. There's a guy that will come and take, um, he will fill a long bed, um, like an F, like 250 truck for like uh, like 250 bucks. And it's the best money I spend every year. <laughs> to just make stuff go away. But don't worry about that yet. All you're worried about this week is to go take one garbage bag. And that could be old shoes that you're not going to wear. It could be old papers. Just go fill one bag and throw it away. And you will realize now you can do this. You could, you have taken one step.
0: I think it's, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to send you some pictures. I want to get your take on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All, all I'll notice the stuff in the background. Yeah, I'll send, you, I'll, I'll send you a bunch of pictures. Why would you cook your bacon like that? <laughs> yeah, people love the background. I sent John Syracuse of my living room and he asked me why I kept my laptop that way. Why, why, you, got, why you got that there? It's going to fall over. I was like, I was showing you the picture of my kid. <laughs> yeah, but let's talk about that laptop. <laughs> he's very worried about things falling off the edge of things, I've noticed. <laughs> he's, he's been an amazing force in my life. He's made me much more self-conscious about all the things I didn't know I was doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's been, really, it's been good for me. I didn't deserve that confidence. (laughs) All right. We should
0: button this up. All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.